Matthew chapter 3. How many of you here last Sunday, part one of Confusion by Mixture? Did y'all receive something from that message? Let's jump right in. I don't have a lot of time, but I'm going to use the time that I have. Um, This is not just a new series that we picked out of a book that said, let's teach on this one now. Um, This is something I have been studying, meditating on, pondering over for three years. Tell your neighbor, say three years. years. Um, I've heard these messages. I've heard these teachings. I've heard what I've been talking to you about. But it took some time for me to dig in for myself. Got to learn how to dig in for yourself. You can't just sit in here and say, that's it. You got to dig in for yourself. Tell your neighbor, say dig in for yourself. Because sometimes what people are telling you, they're telling you from their perspective. You ever had somebody tell you something like, you ought to go down there, that food down there is real good. You got down there and the food was terrible, but it was really good to them. But you had to check it out for yourself. Come on here. And so this is three years of studying and and all that kind of thing. And, And although we didn't hear this teaching coming up, I want to make sure I say this and I want you to hear me very clearly. I don't care what level of teaching you are getting now. You never discount and criticize what you got coming up. I don't care what your pastor taught or did not teach. He did the best he could or she did the best she could based on what they knew then. Say amen to that. So don't you learn three more scriptures and go crazy on us. I thank God for my upbringing. Yes, some of this I'd never heard before when I was coming up. But what I did here got me to this point. Come on, say amen to that. And, and so, so we are learning now that we must go back and search the scriptures to make sure that what we are hearing in service is so. How many of you go home during the week and have study time? Come on, you have study time. Raise your hand. See, I need to see more hands in that. Every hand ought to go up. You got to have personal study time. I know that's not really pushed in the local church anymore because the pulpit is getting rich off of our ignorance so they don't push you to study yourself. I told you last week that the ignorance in the pulpit is allowed because of the ignorance in the pews. They they love the fact that you don't know so they can just tell us anything. They can get us all high and get us all emotional and then raise an offering and all this foolishness. Those games and those days are over. Say amen to that. And, 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 and so we got to go home and we got to have personal study time with the Lord. We got to spend time in our Bibles. We got to spend time in prayer. We got to spend time studying. We got to spend time not just talking to God, but hearing from God. Never get away from those basic things of the word of God. Um, 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 don't get so, 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 so high up that that doesn't matter anymore. I'm not telling you that you have to sit before God every day, all day, but you should have some um, um, time marked out between Sunday to Sunday where you sit by yourself. I ain't even talking about with your family or with your husband or with your children. I'm talking about just you and the Lord because your walk with him is personal. It's called a personal relationship. Say amen to that. And so we're not throwing out the old. We're bringing balance to it. We're, we're learning new revelation. We're, we're upgrading our phone. You didn't throw the phone away. You just got the, what? The upgrade, the update. And, and, and so we got to live this life that God intended. And so we started last week, and I got to go right to where I want to go. So you got to go back and watch the other stuff. But we talked about 
how even with this place of identity, how um, Satan even came for Jesus' identity. We saw in Matthew chapter 3 where God confirmed Jesus and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. We see a, a chapter later where the enemy comes and says, well, if you are the son of God, and that's what's been happening um, I believe in the body of Christ. We have been confirmed. Um, go to Genesis chapter number one. We've been confirmed by God. And enemy's trying to get us to conform so we can confirm something we've already been confirmed in. And that is not the will of God. Go to Genesis chapter number one. I thought I brought my Bible out here. I guess I did. Oh, there it is. Hand me that out. Genesis chapter one. Um, and look at verse 26. When you have it, say, I have it. I have it. Now, you know, this, this kind of thing we're doing here is, is, is stuff to live by. It's stuff to grow by. You see how quiet it is in here? Um, because this is classroom setting. When you were in school, how many of y'all are in school even still now? Um, how many of you know you sit down, you look forward, and you pay attention? You take notes, you learn, you, you, you all that. This is what the church setting is supposed to be for. We've made it a circus. And, and we got to erase that in Jesus' name. I, we want to live the life God intended for us to live. We want to have great success with our families and our money, with our careers. And as believers, all of that comes by way of the word of God. So in Genesis chapter number one, verse 26, um, it says, And God said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over all the creeping things and cattle and all of that. He gave us dominion. Verse number 27, he created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female, created he them. Verse 28, and God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion again over all the fish and all that stuff. This was our official ceremony where God gave us identity. This is the series is called Confusion by Mixture, the Identity Crisis of the Believer. This is our official identity ceremony. We got it in the garden in chapter one. We had on our robe, we had the cap and gown on, we got the diploma, we got the paper, we took the picture with God, we were, we were affirmed, we were confirmed, we were given dominion, we were given authority. He says, you're made just like me. I told you last week, he's big G, we're little G, we got, we got all the goods. And then in Genesis chapter 3, Adam gave it all over. He came right in there and says, well, did God really say? And they handed over they, they, all of that ceremony that happened in Genesis chapter 1. Um, Adam unraveled all of that in Genesis chapter number 3. But it did not stop God because God is God. And so what God had to do was now come up with a plan. He called it redemption. Somebody said redemption. He came up with a plan to get back what Adam lost and what Adam gave over. So this series is not about conduct. I think we have taught too much about conduct in the body of Christ and it's not working. You teach people who they are and when they realize who they are, their actions will follow. But if you come in and have a whole list of don't do, don't do, stop, stop, don't do, don't do, stop, 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 you're going to chase that forever. And we've all done it because that's what we knew. That's what we knew. That's what we were taught. Come get saved and stop. Stop. Don't. Stop. Nope, stop, uh-uh, don't, no, stop, nah, uh-uh, no more of that, stop. And all that's true, took the wrong approach though. So nobody knew who they were. Because if you know you're a lady, you'll act like one. 
if you know you're a man, you'll act like. And if you know you're the righteous of God in Christ, you'll act like you're righteous. You'll do righteous stuff. And I ain't got to tell you, well, don't do this because you're going to, you because of who you are, because of you, um, your identity being confirmed, your actions will follow. And so we got to this point of number one last week, because I don't have time to go back through it. If I do, I will get stuck. Um, number one was my identity without Jesus. Because we're going to get through some good stuff here, but I got to walk you all the way through it. So the first part was my identity without Jesus. You can't talk about how I'm supposed to be till you talk about where I was. And without Jesus, we all were lost. Without Jesus, we were all destined for hell. Without Jesus, um, we were messed up. We were wretched, undone. Well, you know, you heard all the songs. We, we, we needed a savior without Jesus. And so then the second part, I'm going to jump right over to the second part. You got to listen to last week. I don't have time to recap. Number two, I'm jumping right in, is what Jesus did for us. So number one was my identity without Jesus. Number two is what Jesus did for us. We got to talk about it. We got to understand it. Here is where we've stopped at. He died on the cross. We stop right there. He died on the cross and early he got up. It's, it, it, okay, okay. Between him dying and, and getting up, what happened? And what does that mean for me? Because if you don't teach me that, I'm going to always just go off where he died and he got up. And it stops right there. And we capitalize on that, especially around Easter. He died and he got up early. Sunday morning. Yeah. He got up with all power. Black power. White power. Yeah, and that's great, but that means nothing to me. How do I take that home and use it? See, teaching in church ought to be like take home food. When you go and go up to the counter or go through the drive-thru and order your food and you get home, it ought to have a fork in there for you to eat it, ought to have some condiments in there for you to use and put on it, it ought to still be hot. And, and, and getting teaching without understanding is like getting take-home food and go home. There's no fork. There's no napkins. There's no straw for your, your cup. Um, you don't have no condiments. Your burger already hot and your fries already cold. You don't want that. Matter of fact, you'll take that back if you didn't live too far. What you say, give my money back or give me a fresh order. This ain't right. Wouldn't you do that? So why do we take stale spiritual food? cold spiritual food and shout over it. It's cold. It's stale. Ain't no fart. I can't use it when I get to the house. You know, it is interesting how, how important a fork becomes when you don't have one. It's just a plastic fork. It comes 500 in a box for $3.99, but it's so important when you don't have one. So how do you get home with a plate full of food and no fork? What do you do with that? You got a plate full of food, Jack, and nothing to eat with it. The water's running, but you got nothing to catch it with. 
y'all getting me? Tell your neighbor, stay right here. I, I told you last week, don't get on Facebook, don't get on Instagram, don't get on Snapchat, don't try to be putting out what I'm saying and, and you know, he preaching good, just listen. Stay in the moment. Tell your neighbor, stay in the moment. I lost my voice singing that when I called your name. Huh? <coughs> it sounds like Eddie Kane now. <laughs> so what did Jesus do for us? Because Adam messed up for everybody and because God loves people more than anything, he had to immediately come up with a plan to get his people back that Adam messed up over. So go to John 3.16. Y'all read this before, but this going to mean something to you this time. We've been quoting stuff and saying stuff and it sounds real good. I need it to mean something to me. So John 3.16, because Adam did not mess up for the church. Adam messed up for the entire world. Folk you don't stand, folk you don't like, the lady on no job, you don't know what she's even saying, different nationalities, he, everybody. And so for, for God so loved the who? Say it loud. That's everybody. For God so loved who? For God so loved Trump. For God so loved 45. Telling what the Bible says. I don't care how big of a fool somebody is. God so loved the world that He gave one of His sons that who? Listen here. God loved you so much that He reached inside Himself and pulled out a son. And carved out a plan for his son to die for you. The Bible says it pleased God to crush his son. Why? Because he had you in mind. You can't talk about your identity without talking about what he did for you. And first talking about how you were without him. So he loved the world. Now, now, now go to Acts chapter 4. Wrote up this plan of redemption. Because somebody had to pay the price for sin. The wages of sin is death. Somebody had to pay it. It was supposed to be me. But but God called out a plan, put his son in place. His son stepped up to the cashier of heaven and paid your sin account off. What would happen? How many of y'all got bills in here? You got bills? Anybody got bills? Put your hand down. How many of y'all got a bill? You can't wait till that bill is gone. Raise your hand. Okay. Put your hand down. What, what, what if somebody called you today and said, um, See, y'all already know. Look, y'all finished out already. I ain't even said now. Y'all about, y'all about to get out quick and y'all about to go in. Y'all thought about it. You thought, you said, Whoo. You saw extra income. You saw Hawaii. You saw, Whoo. What I can do with that money. It ran through that real quick. Because you see, you know, you know. 
Well, that's what happened in the spirit. We had a, we had a sin account. It was due. And, and not just, it wasn't no make a payment every month. It was due in full. And so God sent his son to pay it off. He paid off your sin debt. But, but I hadn't, but, but I hadn't seen yet. Yes, you had because we were all in Adam. And when Adam sinned, I'm going to show it you in the word. I got Bible for everything. When Adam sinned, we all did. So the Bible says, for all have sinned. We use that out of order. We use that when somebody sinned. Don't be talking about because we all have sinned. That's a wrong interpretation of that scripture. If you don't keep the scripture in the proper context, you take the text from the context, you're going to have a con. That ain't what that means. That means because we were all in Adam, we all sinned. And because we all sinned, we all deserve our debt to be paid off because of Jesus. Because he came and died for the whole who? World. That's everybody. That's everybody. That's people you hate. That's your boss you can't stand. That's why because once you got saved, you got to represent him. Because he came and died for your boss that you don't like. So your boss going to see him through you. That's why it don't matter if you like them or not. See, I lost half my church. I lost half my church. But she don't know how she is. She's a SOB. No, 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 no. No, no, no. That's your boss. I dare you take a cup of coffee in the morning and say, how you doing? Buy a donut. Somebody boss in here smokes extremely. And you ought to go out there with her on one of her smoke breaks. Because she needs what's in you. Somebody said, I know cigarettes. But. You don't want that cigarette smoke out, but you drink with them sometimes. I know you. I hate cigarette smoke. But if God said to go out there and stand with somebody that's broken a square and talk to him, that's what I'm going to do. And he's telling some of y'all that right now. Not I, Pastor. Yeah. yeah. I didn't say go out there and smoke with her. I said, <laughs> so, so Jesus came, look, 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 to restore, listen at this word, Everything that was lost, not just people. Because when Adam messed up, everything got jacked up. That's why the whole earth is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. The earth is, not just the people in it. Everything is jacked up because Adam failed. But we have the authority and dominion from our ceremony to put it back in place. That's why you can't be complaining about the system. You got to fix it. What they going to do? What you going to do? He gave you the authority. He gave you dominion. He told you that you can rule and reign. Are you listening to me? Can you hear me? I know my voice sounds like P.B. Herman, but can you hear me? So what God did through Jesus is much greater than what Satan did through Adam. I got you an axe. Go to 1 Peter. Come on, I'm, I'm, I'm running low. 1 Peter. 
So what was accomplished in this redemption plan? We were restored back to God. We were delivered from Satan and the power of sin. Heaven was sealed for us. Hell was counseled for us if we believe. Because you notice John 3, 16 says, you got to believe. You got to believe. Okay. Um, He delivered us. He saved us. He restored us. He rescued us. He freed us. We're not going to be. He already did it. But we got to believe. That's why the Bible says in Acts, there is no salvation in nobody else but Jesus. Because what he did, we got to believe what he did to get the benefits of what he did. First Peter chapter 2, verse 24, New Living Translation. Let's read the Bible. You ready to read the Bible? NLT. This is what he did. He personally carried our sins. Look at where he carried them. In his body. On the cross. That's why um, um, most sickness is a result of you missing some mark. I lost half the church. That's why he carried our sins in his body. Because when you miss the mark, that shows up in your body. Y'all don't want to go with me? Okay. On the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds, you are what? You are what? Say it again. You are what? Now go to Isaiah 53. I'm going to unpack that for you. Because y'all looking at me like, what? What? Yeah. Isaiah 53, NLT. I want you to look at different translations so you can understand them a little bit better. Verse 1, who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was, he's talking about Jesus here. God does nothing in the earth without first releasing it through his prophets. So you ain't just heard of Jesus in Matthew. They talked about his coming all through the the, the books. Come on, y'all with me? So look, look at verse number two. Oh, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like a root in dry ground, there was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance. Nothing to attract us to him. He was despised. Now, this is talking about him on the cross. Because he was beautiful. Jesus, Jesus, you know, y'all talking, y'all, and I ain't talking about the man y'all see on the movie. That's not Jesus. Why I keep losing the church? Jesus What's the guy all the women like? Um, is it is it um, Idris Abalu or uh, Idris? Idris who? Elba. Jesus kind of looked like Idris Elba. Well, well, y'all know who Idris is. Give me another name. They, they, that's the name too. Give me another name. Give me another, another nice black guy y'all like. Huh? Denzel? He <laughs> said no. She said Denzel, no. Say he too old now. He too old to lust after now. Morris Chestnut. Jesus. Kind 
to look like Morris with hair. Because his hair was like what? Come on here. I don't know why we keep. Now I ain't trying to get you to lust after Jesus now. Bring him in. So Jesus kind of looked like Morris Chestnut with hair. They never showed us that though. What do they show us? They show us Joel Osteen on the cross. That ain't. You know I'm telling the truth. See, if you don't want the truth, Stacy, don't come in here. I'm gonna tell you the truth. I, I, I think I'm gonna need some, some, some security because where I'm about to go. No, I, no, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm about to walk some places. I was talking to London this morning that people don't want to walk. We talk about it in the coffee shop. I've been released to say it. You good? All right. You got. So, he was despised and rejected. Y'all come back in. Y'all still on Morris Chestnut. I'll get back to that. A man of sorrows acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. He was despised and rejected. Everything you deal with, he took it already. The believer has no business dealing with rejection because he took that too. Verse four, this is what he did for us. Verse 4. Yet it was our weakness he carried, our weaknesses. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God. A punishment for his own sins. No, they were not. Because he knew no sin. Ah. And it wasn't a punishment from God. It was God's pleasure to do this. Why? Because he had you in mind. Look, verse 5. Verse 5. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. Verse 6. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Anybody here can attest to that? Raise your hand. Anybody ever ran off? Raise your hand. Yeah. Okay. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Look at verse 7. Look at verse 7. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. That's a good God right there. Because you know, I'm still working on my flesh. And if you look at me wrong, I may say something. He didn't say nothing. Which means we can hold our tongue when we want to talk. Just because you're being wrong, you ain't got to say nothing. That's why he showed us this. You ain't going to treat me like that. You ain't going to be talking to me like that. You ain't going to be disrespecting me. You're going to respect me. He didn't say nothing. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. Come on, verse 8. Verse 8, y'all stay here. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream, but he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. Verse number 9, come on here. He had done no wrong. 
deceive anyone, but he was buried like a criminal. He was put in the rich. This is what he did for us. Verse 9, verse 10. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, our sin, he will have many descendants. So God put him through this to reap you. That's why the Bible says, while we were still sinners, he did all this. Look, look, he will enjoy a long life and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. Verse number 11. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. He'll pick them up. He'll raise them up. Notice they didn't kill him. He laid his life down and God picked them up. Once everything was settled, because what happened was in them three days when he, when he died, he went to hell. And he made a show of the devil openly for us. And he took the keys, which represents authority. So the same authority we got in Genesis chapter one that Adam lost in Genesis chapter three. Jesus took it and gave it back to us. He said, now I give you power. And Luke, that's what he said. Are y'all getting this? Say, what the hell? What the hell? I said, he went to hell. (laughs) What what have I said? I thought I said, what the hell? Oh, no. But y'all not. No. I said, he went to hell. Y'all know I wouldn't cuss in front of y'all on Sunday. I did it on Saturday. Come on. And somebody said, JW, I, I don't believe he went to hell. You better hope he did or you're going to have to go. I, I, I don't know if he went to hell. You should pray he did. Because if not, you, you got to go. He took the blood, he ascended up, took the blood, and sprinkled the blood on the mercy seat of heaven. That's the blood that still cries out on our behalf to this day. So he did more than he died, and he got it. There was a whole lot going on in that process. And when, when heaven was satisfied, God picked them up. Come on here. Are y'all getting this? This is, this is a seminary lesson. No, it's not. It's just basic Bible stuff. Once you understand the depth of what he did for you, you won't, you won't swap grace for holiness. Because of what he did, I know what I need to be doing. Because of what he did. Because grace empowers you to live right. It doesn't license you to live wrong. See, Reverend, grace gives people a license to sin. They were sending without a license. They were sending before this message. Y'all quiet up in here. So look, look, look. Let me finish this. Um, and because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous. For he will bear all their sins. All their sins. Now if he bear all of our sins, when we sin, does he have to go back through this all over again? Why not? Come on, class. Why not? 
because the last thing he said on the cross was that's what he meant you were in the finish look now look go 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 oh are y'all getting this actually said, are you hearing what this man is saying go to Ephesians 2 I got 13 minutes I'm going to use all 14 of them come on Mm. So, in this, notice we just read what he did. Where do you see in there what you did? Our ability in this is a non-factor. What did you do to become a sinner? Because somebody said, I sinned. No, you didn't. You didn't sin to become a sinner. You were a sinner when you got here. So if you didn't do anything to become a sinner, why are we trying to do stuff to become righteous? You are a sinner. You were a sinner Because of what Adam did. You were a sinner. Now. Because of what Adam did. You were born into sin. You begin to commit sin. Verb. No doing of your own. Now we think. I want to be right now. So I got to. Stop doing verb to make the noun right. Can't do it. So I'm going to pray more. I'm going to fast more. I'm going to do all these things so I can feel righteous and be righteous and be right with God. Doesn't work. Look at Ephesians. I'm going to read it to you. For by grace, verse 8, are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a, look at verse 8, I want you to see it, it is a, can y'all get it up, I want them to see it, it is a what, say it loud, it is a what, who paid for a gift, no, who paid for a gift, do you pay for a gift? Who pays for the gift? The who? It is a gift from God. You got nothing to do with that. See, y'all looking because y'all thought confusion by mixture. We just going to talk about how the church is sinning and how the church is acting the fool and listening to sector music and all that kind of stuff. And we're going to deal with all that. But you got to deal with this first. Because that don't work. Stop listening to this. Stop doing that. Stop going out there. Stop doing that. Don't wear that. Don't do that. Yeah. The church. Huh? And it doesn't work. Yes, it, it don't work. I grew up in the holiness church. And we had more babies in there than the law allowed. So if the conduct message worked, that wouldn't have happened. We had more drinking in there. My first taste of alcohol was with the deacons. 
had nothing to do with the church life. They didn't know who they were. So they got me a big old McDonald's cup, and they put some Cisco in there, and some Boone's Farm, and some Mad Dog, and they shook it up with some ice, and they gave it to me. And that's the last thing I remember. Cheap liquor. And cheap liquor, ain't it? It ain't give me nothing good. What's the good stuff? What's the good stuff? Y'all know what's the good stuff? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Ooh. I almost got you. <laughs> okay, all right. I tried. <laughs> Go to Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians. Yeah. We thought this was going to be that kind of message. Now I'm getting to that, but not the way we've been teaching that. Because conduct does matter, Pastor Kelly. How you live does matter. But you got to teach all of this. Not just stop doing this. Yeah. So, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, NLT. Some of y'all start hiding out y'all drink and y'all caught yourself. You say, oh. <laughs> this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, the new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God. There it is again. It's a gift from God. It's a gift yes. who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. What's the message he gave us? Tell people I died for their sins already. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ and we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be an offering for our sin. So that we could be made right with God through Christ. We were made right with God through Christ. Go to Romans chapter 5. Come on, real quick. I got six minutes. Come on. Romans chapter 5. NLT. Verse 6. Are you there? When we were utterly helpless. I was helpless. I was helpless. I was hopeless. But when Jesus, listen, when Jesus did what he did, all that went out the window. There is no such thing as a helpless or hopeless Christian. The reason we got so many prayer lines, because folk don't know who they are. So we got lines for depression, for this, for that, for all the stuff he dealt with. And we down here wrestling with it. Come out, come out, come out. Every week, come out, same people, come out, come out. Be healed, be whole. Loose her, loose him. Get off of her, get off. No, I'm not making fun. Once you know who you are and what he did for you, no devil will be allowed to illegally come in your life, your money, your finances, your marriage, none of that, because I know who I am now. I know what belongs to me. I know what he did for me and what it means for me. But when I don't know that, I take it. I take, I don't know. I don't know what was dead. We went last week to the White Sox game. We had great tickets, great seats. We knew this time 
Went to that same game 20 years ago. Somebody gave us tickets from my job. 20 years ago. I didn't know anything about the tickets. I didn't know what comes with the tickets. I didn't know none of that. Great tickets. Great seats. Right behind the plate. We had them. It was given to us as a gift. But we didn't know what it meant. So we pull up to the parking place. The ticket came with a park right outside the door. We parked blocks away and walked. Because as we said, I ain't paying that much to park. It's 20 years ago. I ain't paying that much to park. Not knowing the ticket came with the park. So we walk a mile to the park. On the way in, we buy peanuts. Because they cost too much in the park. We stop at the concession when we get in the park. First of all, first of all, let me back up. We went through the wrong door. Because the ticket's got a separate entrance. We coming in with everybody else. We stop. We get a hot dog. Wrapped in foil. We got our peanuts we brought inside the park. We get a big lemonade to share. And we go to find our seats. Take us to our seats. And we get closer to the field. I'm like, what is that one? Hit it. Right down behind the plate. We walking past waiters. It's 20 years ago. They serving them in their seats. They're eating tacos and nachos and prime rib sandwiches. I'm coming in with my peanuts from outside. A hot dog wrapped in four. And I share lemonade. Because we didn't know what came with the ticket. That was 20 years ago. Since then, we've grown in knowledge. So now I know. So when I got the tickets this time, oh, we went with our heads up, chest out. We knew where to park. Come on here. We went right in. They checked us in, put the band on us, took us to the buffet area. Come on here. Come on here. My son gets in there. He says, anybody else black in here? They looking at us. I said, well, let them look. I said, because you belong here. And some of y'all don't know what kind of ticket you got. You don't know what comes with the ticket. And you think you don't belong. But because of what Jesus did, you got the right ticket. You're in the right seat. And all the benefits that come with the ticket belong to you. And someone's like my son, he's a little nervous, he's a little shaky. He, can you go up here with me? Because I, I, they looking at me, I, I don't want to drop the plate. And I said, we belong here. Right. Right. It ain't foreign to you. Go ahead up there. All of that is your portion. All of that came with the ticket. It's already been paid for. So why do we have a ticket that's already been paid for, but we want to enjoy the benefits of the ticket? Because we don't know who we are. And that's what this message is about. It ain't about stop going to the club and put on a bigger skirt. We're going to get to that. But once you know who you are, you'll put a bigger skirt on. You won't go to the club. You'll put the cigarette down. Got to know who you are. And we got to walk you through it how you were before him. 
and not what he did for us. That thing blessed me. And we sat there in that seat and thought back 20 years ago when we were ignorant and didn't know. I mean, they got buffet laid out down that jack like for kings. The way to come, you ain't got to leave your seat. The way to come to your seat, give you the menu. You order what you want, they bring it right to you. I mean, everything. And we in here got it all figured out with our little hot dog wrapped in four. And our shit, we threw it away, didn't we? <laughs> and we saw them, we was like, what? So, so now I'm embarrassed. I'm sitting here with the seat. With the hot dog. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take one of those from them. <laughs> and people know when you don't know what kind of ticket you got. And they treat you as such. So even if you feel like you don't belong, act like you own it. We're going to get to all of that. Especially my precious black brothers and sisters. We're going to deal with this. We're going to deal with the black card in our church. We got to talk about it. Somebody got to talk about it. I said somebody got to talk about it. We got to address this mentality. Because we're off the plantation. But plantation is still in us. And that's what the wilderness was for in the Bible. He brought them out of Egypt. Now let's get Egypt out of you. We've been shouting over Egypt and dancing over Egypt and prophesying over Egypt. I need Egypt out. As a matter of fact, we evict Egypt today in Jesus' name. Every mindset that's not of God, everything that God never intended, all of your insecurities and fears and doubts and I don't know and I don't belong, we cancel that in Jesus' name. We're going to deal with it. God loved the world, but somebody got to talk to the black folk. And I ain't talking about Al, and I ain't talking about Jesse. I'm talking about the truth of the word of God. I'm not trying to be funny, I'm telling you the truth. I said, I'm telling you the truth. Ooh, don't get me wired up with this one. Okay, last scripture, Romans 5, and I'm out of time. Can I give you this last scripture? Yes. I said, can I give it to you? Yes. Mm. Yeah. We have said, I'm going to stop smoking, and that's going to make me righteous. Well, it's not. Make your breath smell better, but it's going to make you righteous. You've been made. Say, I've been made righteous. righteous. Say it loud. I've been made righteous. And nothing you do will unravel that. Sin, listen, sin won't even unravel your righteousness, but it will unravel your life. It'll untie what Jesus tied. Are you listening to me? Last scripture, where I tell you to turn? We were utterly helpless. Christ came at just the right time. And he died for us sinners. Say, I'm not a sinner anymore. Say, I'm righteous. Saying it's just a sinner. I'm not a sinner. I'm righteous. But we all have sinned. I'm not a sinner. What Jesus did changed my now. He made me righteous. Are y'all hearing that? Yeah. I, 
think this is a dangerous message, Pastor. People are going to start going crazy. Not if it's taught right. No real born again person listens to the word and finds loopholes to see it. Did he say that it's set of all? So that means that I can, that's not what I'm saying. Romans chapter 6, Paul went through the whole thing about what Jesus did. I mean, like 25 verses. And somebody said, so does that mean we can continue in sin? He said, God forbid. What did I tell you last week? Banish the thought. And then Paul read some more. He talked some more. And I showed him in the back. I said, this, I said Paul hit him twice. And he asked Paul again. So we can continue then. Paul said, God forbid. Because no born again person looks to sin. Yes, we fall down. But you don't look to fall. You don't say, you know what, let me fall. Nobody does that. It's like driving down the street looking for potholes to hit. They go one hit it. Hit that one right there. Get them potholes, your car still run, but it won't drive. You turn the ignition key, but you're gonna tell them struts, and them tires, and them shocks, and all of that. Look, look, last scripture. <gasps> now, most people would not be willing, verse 7, to die for an upright person. Though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still in sinner status. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored, say, I'm not just righteous. Say, I'm not just righteous. Say, I'm a friend of God. It was restored by death of his son while we were still his enemies. We will certainly be saved through his life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say, because of Jesus, I can stand before God complete. Complete in Jesus' name. Give God praise for the word. I'm going to stop right there.